It is week 10 of the Montana Men Sports Podcast. Thank you to Laney Lou and the Bird Dogs for playing us in, as they always do. Check them out. They are on tour all over Montana in the uh, next few months here to close out 2019. So check them out when they're in your city. Bear Tycoon, how is it going? Hey, I'm doing awesome. I am good. sitting here. It's good to hear. Drinking, drinking a cool drink out of my R&R, <laughs> R&R Cat Cast Golden Koozie after... I don't know how many months of harassing them on Twitter. They finally caved, gave me a koozie. It is truly the highlight of my season, drinking out of this really wonderful golden koozie. So, yes, if uh, if you don't, haven't listened to them, the R&R Catcast is a part of the Montana Sports uh, – Montana Podcast Network, sorry. Big Sky uh, so Podcast it, Network. Sorry, jeez. Holy the Big Sky Pod. Look at me trying to like bring that into the Montana Mint somehow and let us own it. No, the Big Sky Podcast Network. If you haven't seen it, check it out on Twitter. Uh, they have all the podcasts from all around the Big Sky Conference on there. R and R Catcast, the Montana State Fan Podcast. Check them out because they do an awesome job, uh, really engaging on Twitter. And like Bear Tycoon said, they have these pretty cool golden koozies. Yeah, it's a lot of episodes. I mean, they follow the cats just like the Grizz Fan Podcast follows the Grizz. So it's a lot of episodes. Like, man. We would be pretty good if it weren't for the fact that we don't have a quarterback. Man, we'd be well, pretty yeah. good if it weren't for that we uh, can't move the ball on offense and we keep losing games to or playing close games to teams that are well below us, but somehow we continue to be ranked. And we'll get to that in a second. We will get to I want, that, I'm sure. I want to get your thoughts on this North Dakota game that did not go great uh, in a second. But first, just real quick. It, we're film or we're uh, recording this. We're not filming this. We're Luckily, we're not this. filming this. Thank Christ, we're not filming this. It is Wednesday, October thirtieth, and ooh, happy early Halloween! Happy early ha- Halloween! Yeah, thanks. Um, it text or tweet at us what you're going to dress up as because Nate is super excited. Tweet directly at um, yeah, because I love Halloween. Nate. Yep. Send him your uh, costumes. If you're dressing up your pets, send those pictures directly to Hot Take Nate. Um, One thing we want to touch on real quick, not super Big Sky related, but kind of related in this universe of uh, what we're doing. A lot of stuff going on on Twitter and online about uh, what's happening at Deadspin.com. I'm assuming most of you know what Deadspin is, but it is a uh, it's been an independent uh, sports news site for. God, I don't even know how long, 15 years. I feel like I've been following it forever. And it is, it's always a bit weird. It's oftentimes like pretty pretentious on stuff, but it, it, I I feel like it's a must follow, a must read. It was the first of its kind. First of its kind. It's great. They broke the, uh, who was the guy in Notre Dame that had a fake girlfriend? Uh, Monte Teo. Yes, they broke that story. They did. And they've just had lots of great, great stuff over the years. They have been in this place recently. Uh, where they're part of the Gawker Media Group. Gawker Media got, uh, even though it was profitable, it got demolished by this lawsuit from uh, someone who who sued them um, for a story they wrote. It's just been this whole mess. Like Their overall business has just been kind of uh, not attacked, but just even though they're profitable, even though people read them, the businesses that they've been associated with have not been doing well. Uh, Deadspin has somehow like stayed above all of that, but recently the, like the, uh, hedge fund guys that bought over their company, put some directives in that they couldn't touch on certain topics in what they were writing. They had to follow these like very strict, you know, be at your desk by 9am rules. 
And the result of this is that a lot of those riders got fired. Uh, they've been good to the Montana Mint also uh, over the over the years. They've uh, posted some of our stories. We've given them tips when cool things have happened in Montana, and they've run with those. And cool things that have happened in the FCS, they've run with those. So all this is to say, it seems like Deadspin's falling apart. I'd imagine by the end of the year, Deadspin as we know it uh, will not exist uh, in the manner that we, we've all enjoyed it in. And it's just a reminder to support your independent little media shops uh, like the Montana Mint, Montana Mint Sports, Big, Ki- Big Sky Podcast Network, uh, because it's hard not having a corporate overlord. We could try to find someone that would bring us in and put a bunch of rules in and what we could say. But we're uh, rebels. And we don't do that. We don't like rules. And we have the best fans in the world. You know, we the thousands of you that are downloading our podcast every week, we love that that's happening and we want to keep doing this year in year out. Uh, and the best way you can support us is, you know, sharing our stuff on social media so we can build our fan base, uh, you know, subscribing to our newsletter so we can get those numbers up and buying our gear, buying stuff from the Montana mint store, which is all made in Montana, all designed in Montana. Um, if you like this content and you want to see more of it, and we have some really big news coming hopefully in the next like two to three weeks that we can, we can announce you got to If you like this, you have to support it in some way. It doesn't have to be a ton of money. We're not delivering hard papers to your door, uh, print newspapers. I used to, to do door. that though. Yeah. I was actually whatever. the Billings Gazette, uh, paper carrier of the month one year. In high yeah. School. Which, which explains why the Billings Gazette isn't as bad a shape as they're in. Uh, paper carrier of the words month. out to little shitheads like you. But oh, actually, if you wa- the best part was my high school girlfriend's <laughs> grandfather uh, was really good at framing things, and he framed it for me. I have it somewhere in this house, but oh, I'll yeah. send you a picture. Oh, tweet that out, yes. Or send it to me. I'll tweet it out. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyways, just wanted to get that on the get get that out there that you know we we love you guys. We love how many uh, uh, you know fans we have, and we're excited to see a lot of you at Cacarys here in a few weeks. Um, and some folks are asking like how they can support what we're doing. One, if you own like a giant company, sponsor us. But assuming you don't, just buy some of our gear. That is truly the easiest thing you can do. Uh, that and sharing our stuff on social media. But with that, Nate, your Montana State Bobcats. What about did them? Not, did not have the weekend that they had hoped. Losing in a score that is uh, maybe the first time in football history we've seen the score 16 to 12. Give us your thoughts on what is going on with the Bobcats. And more importantly, give us your thoughts on your uh, wager that you made on the Bobcats over seven and a half wins. Well, okay. Well, first we'll start out. Cue the music. Done. Very sad. I'm very sad. <laughs> and... That was that's first off. But the nice part about this game was after the Sacramento State game, I had to take a good hard look at myself and say, hey, you can't be getting upset about these losses like this. So I kind of prepared myself for this loss. Um, I wasn't super confident going in. Road game in North Dakota, hard place to play. But it doesn't make it any easier at the end. I, It was just such a downer of a game. It was boring for one. Like I told you this when you asked me like what I thought about it. And the first thing it was, that was the most the most boring game that I've watched in a long, long time. It was awful. Horrible. Montana State couldn't move the ball. Um, 
when they did, you know, Johnson dropped an easy touchdown pass in the second quarter, I believe it was, right in his hands. Uh, the quarterback play is, in a nice way of saying it, completely inept. Horrible, horrible quarterback play. The play calling was probably worse than the actual quarterback play on the field. Uh, it, it was just an all-around disappointing game, one that makes you wonder like where the Cats' swagger went, where this confidence when they beat Southeast Missouri State, when they came back and beat NAU, when they actually shit-canned Norfolk State, like those type of games where they had some swagger, they looked like a top-of-the-big-sky team. Cal Poly, they let Cal Poly. It was it was in the third or the fourth quarter of that Cal Poly game where it fe- I feel like there was this massive shift from confidence and big sky swagger to we may not be that good because when Cal Poly came back and tied the game, they went to overtime against them. It, it felt weird winning that game, kind of. Sac, you go into Sac State, keep it within thirteen points. I guess you could say Sac State's a really good team, so like I think everybody's feeling a little bit better. <laughs> I think everybody's feeling better now yeah. about the loss, knowing that Sac State's not a flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a. That but a it was big still guy, sad. Like, keeping it within 13 points of Sacramento <laughs> State. Well, Imagine at the time, I was super sad. Say that seven seven weeks ago. No, but I yeah, isn't that crazy <laughs> to think about? Like the Grizz, the Grizz kept it within 30 with Sac State. The Cats keep it to within 13, and I'm looking at that as like the best thing that's happened in the last three weeks. And then yeah. this North Dakota game. I mean, they just look lost right now the offense looks absolutely lost you can tell there's some injuries uh you know Afonso's not 100 percent Troy is obviously not 100 percent quarterback is about two percent but that's skill level not injury wise and it's just been a brutal three weeks if you count that by and we haven't seen a Cats win since you know late September I believe <laughs> early October so what is going on oh my yeah, gosh that, uh, that uh Cal Poly game Saturday October 5th Fifth, so we okay. are almost in November, and we've had yep. we've had one cat win. Uh, presumably, we'll have a win this weekend. Uh, presumably, but Southern yeah, Utah. but the but but they need to get it. Go- they, the coaching staff needs to get it going. That was so some god is, awful play calling. What is going on with with Troy Anderson? I mean, we keep talking about that he's injured. He has this injury, this nagging injury. He did factor in on the offense. You did, week. yeah. I mean, he had the touchdown, the, second, the the sole touchdown most, for the cats. He right? had the second most yards out of anybody uh on the bobcat side of the ball and it all came on one play which shows you how shitty the offense was on saturday but like what what is actually his status i mean they are well answer that question uh because i i I think that the clearest answer here for the bobcats to to win these two games coming up against unc and uh southern utah and also the best chance that they have against the grizz at the brawl uh is to have Troy Anderson at quarterback. But- it's such a – it sucks because at the beginning of the season, you would have made – like, I, I couldn't stand what people were saying. Like, you have to have Troy on at quarterback to for this team to win. And now it's almost like, Jesus, you do. That's how bad it is right now in Bozeman with the quarterback position is that it was such a – and even in earlier in the season, maybe when they struggled against, like, NAU, um, you know – that was really, I mean, against Western Illinois, people were already kind of pissed off at the quarterback play, but that was uh, uh, bombing. But you never wanted to actually buy into that. Like, let's put Troy back at quarterback because you had hoped that Choate and his um, coaching staff had been able to pick a starter, develop them, and make them look better than an NAI quarterback maybe, right? Yeah. And they have it. And now it's like, 
You might be right. It has to. It might be Troy Anderson is the only thing to get this offense going. It's the only person that has confidence in that position. I don't know. I don't know Rovig as a leader. I can't obviously speak to that, and I would never want to say he's not a good leader because I don't know what he's like in the huddle or on the sidelines. But it doesn't look like anybody on the offense has a ton of confidence in Rovig to make the throws, to make the decisions, to even. I mean, make the right decision even in a normal time frame. It looks like he is so slow. He telegraphs his passes. He doesn't get rid of the ball. Even his release is slow. I don't know what the coaches see keeping him in there, and it's almost like we do have to go back to Trenderson. I hate being that person that says that because it's sad, and I never thought we'd have to do that again, but you might be right. The best thing is against Southern Utah and Northern Colorado is put him there. Or even just give Bauman another chance against Southern Utah and Northern Colorado and see if this kid can get some more confidence after his first three games and then he gets benched. He hasn't. The only game he lost was against Texas Tech, Bauman. He didn't look great, but it was the only game he lost. And he played some iffy competition, but yeah, why but not I give mean, him the chance against Southern Utah and Northern Colorado to see if he can get some of that confidence back in, against a couple weak teams and beat the guy going into Davis? Yeah, but I mean, bottom line, so we've we've talked a lot about Troy Anderson, uh, especially last year, we were talking a lot about him, his equivalent being Tim Tebow, right? Like that is the most obvious. Yeah, he's the FCS Tim make. Tebow. Uh, the FCS Tim Tebow. Um, and yeah, the Broncos moved on from Tim Tebow, but they moved on from Tebow to Peyton Manning. Yeah, what, that'd be cool. What the, Bobcats, a... what the Bobcats have done is moved on from Tim Tebow to what, his original backup was who's Brady Quinn. Like they've moved on to this, this a quarterback that is unproven um, that despite, yeah. despite given chances has never actually produced. Uh, like the goal is to win games. Yeah. Right. The goal is to absolutely win. Yeah, it's, not a statistic. a, it's not a statistics league. Like you're not, nobody's going out in the FCS and trying to win player of the year every year, you know, newcomer of the year, anything like that. No. It is. It's wins. It is wins. And um, Trey Anderson's a winner. He should be. Well, he um, is. He is, but he's not being given the opportunity to. to well, there may be some. I mean, I think we talked about the slack. There may be the defensive coaches know that they need him so bad on defense right now, that linebacker position, that they're not going to give the offense the chance to put him out there. You never know if there's something coming from Troy's camp that, you know, if they want him to be an NFL linebacker or safety someday that they're telling him they, you know, they want to get him more PT it on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know. There's so many things. To me, that, that's that, the but. only thing that makes sense. That is, that is that if Troy Anderson, he and his family and his team have put their foot down that I, we think I mean, that he's a pro and I, I don't fault him for that. If I wouldn't blame Troy him for that, but I don't doing. know if that's true. I mean, everybody that said it said that, I mean, Troy is such a team guy. Everybody, you know, every player says it. He's an amazing guy without him. This team would be nothing. Yeah. Uh, so you, I don't know if that would be Troy ever making that call. I don't believe it ever would be him saying, no, I'm not going to play offense, but you have to think there may be something to that. Um, but Troy or the Anderson. fact that, or the fact that Choate has never been able to develop a quarterback and he doesn't want to paint himself into another corner with his 15th quarterback <laughs> and making another yeah. change, going either going back to Baum and giving Beltran time, uh, going back to Troy Anderson. Like, it, I think that there's some apprehension from him as what's his quarterback legacy going to look like if he makes another change in the middle of the year when one is so drastically needed. And I got raked over the coals for it. We did, you know, three weeks ago on our podcast for talking crap about Rovig and his play. And everybody, you know, gave us some shit for that. But, 
I mean, yeah, now this office is god awful. They haven't won a game. They haven't won a game since we. It's god awful. Might be At some point, you have to admit that no matter how this kid has been classy. You know, he took the he took bomb in getting the job over him. He was classy there. He's saying the right things, but at some point, you just have to see the skill level is not translating to the FCS world, and he's holding the team back. The quarterback position is holding the team back. I shouldn't say like uh, Tucker Rovick is holding the team back, but the quarterback position is making this Montana State, which was supposed to be a special season, turning into like shit. We shouldn't be ranked right now. Well, I mean. Absolutely, and uh, look, the goal, the the purpose of all of this is to win games. Now, Ernest Collins, the coach of University of Northern Colorado, will say the goal is to like make good citizens out of your players, which, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but how much trouble can you get in Greeley? Exactly. Um, but the goal is to win games. Troy Anderson clearly gives you the best an- chance to win games. And, you know, Rovig and uh, uh, Casey Ballman, they seem like they're decent teammates too. Like this is no knock on them from like a character perspective. Not at all. We're allowed to, there's three options at quarterback right now that are seemingly available to the Bobcats. It's Casey Bauman, Tucker Rovig, and Troy Anderson. Okay. All those guys work their butts off. All of them are all star athletes compared to normal people. All of them, uh, you know, want the Bobcats to win and are doing everything they can to win. But you can't tell me that the Bobcats going into these last four games of the season, five, four or five games, you have four left, right? Three, four, 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 no, four. You, Southern Utah, yeah, Northern Colorado, Utah, Northern Davis, Colorado. Exactly. Um, you can't tell me that the Bobcats are better off having someone other than Troy Anderson start at quarterback. I just, I, I can't think of last anything year, that improves on Tucker Rovig or Casey Bauman besides. Yeah. Last year Troy. in 13 games, Troy Anderson uh, accounted for almost 3,400 yards and Rovig. No, sorry. Bauman through three games had 400 yards Rovig through six games, I think this is has eight hundred yards. So I mean, it's not it's not even close. Like, yeah, Troy Anderson is a liability in the passing game, but what he can do on the ground more than makes up for it. Yeah, you have to go with him. Yeah. And and I think, I think you're right. I think you do have to go with him. And if you stay with Rovig. Matt Miller has to do a better job of calling these plays, and Choate needs to get a better handle on, on the. I mean, I I know in his press conference he says he's a defensive coach. He really doesn't pay a ton of attention to the play call or tell Matt Miller what to do in the play call. But something has to happen with this play calling yeah. too. Well, he might um, be a defensive coach, but he's not a defensive coordinator. He's a head coach, and yeah. all of this comes back on him. It does, and and just this the. I mean, if you if we want to just you know switch gears really quickly to the play calling, I mean. I don't know what in the hell he was calling on that two-point conversion. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> it looked like the Colts' two-point conversion that, that featured a Montana player, uh, Colt Anderson, on that yeah. Monday night game for the Colts. I mean, it was that bad, and if they kick the extra point there, they go up three. You could take an intentional safety on the punt that got blocked in the end zone, still oh be up 13-12, and then let your defense try and hold them instead of ha- trying to have your offense go 75 yards down the field with an offense that didn't move the ball at all. And the only reason they got a touchdown is because of Troy Anderson. Unbelievable play calling. They were playing not to lose the game once they got the lead. The special team uh, should have fielded the punt and not let it go to the one-inch line. 
And the two point conversion screwed them over because they could have just they would have been up three, kneel the ball down, get the safety, let your defense try and hold them. The defense is in a way better spot right now than the offense. Obviously, they let, they only they allowed North Dakota uh, only what nine points on offense. Like your defense yeah. was playing well. It was just all around just such a disappointing game. And that's what I came away with it. I wasn't mad. I wasn't, like, depressed. I wasn't, (laughs) like, angry or any of those things. Yeah. It was like I was just like, that was just a sad game. Like, that was just disappointing. It felt, um, like you, it felt like you wasted your Saturday when you watch a game like luckily that. Luckily, it was and, – and thank God it was a, it was a morning game. Uh, yeah. And I didn't like – it wasn't like a 5 o'clock game where I planned my whole day around it, you know, got the chores done, got some grocery shopping done, did all that kind of stuff. Um, thank God it was an early game because I just turned that off and went about my day. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to forget about that game because that's how forgettable it was. Yeah. So no, all in and, all, I'm sad. Okay. So – Disappointed. W- we got to move on. We we talked a lot about that Bobcat loss, um, but well, it was worth a, talking about because that's a bad loss. <laughs> yeah, you made you made, and this is probably going to make you feel worse. You made a significant wager, uh, which I am still on, okay with, on the Bobcats winning over seven and a half games this yes. season. They currently sit at five and three, so you need three more wins. The Bobcats have four more games. So you need to win four more regular season out of games. the next four regular season. Two of those but games the, luckily are against two of the worst teams in all of college football, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, both garbage. You have those games coming up. You win those two games. You get some momentum behind you. That's great to close the year. You have, uh, you're going on the road to UC Davis against the preseason favorite, but now kind of, uh, good, but not in the playoffs, UC Davis. Uh, and then obviously the game against Montana to close the year. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being most confident, where are you on confidence that you're going to win this bet and be able to buy us all drinks at Keck Riz? I'm very confident. Um, Give us the one note. thing about it was it was 7.5 including playoffs when I made the bet, though. No, it wasn't. It was. It was total wins on the year. No, it wasn't. It was regular season. We're going to have to run the tape back on that. Yeah, one. I, I promise that I've run the tapes and it was regular season. There's no way it would have been playoffs. Not as that number was probably that number was a regular season number. I thought we were doing playoffs, too. So not as confident <laughs> with those rules, I guess. Yeah. So, so probably it, not going to be able to number. pay for anything at Cat Grizz. Give us a, well, Cat Grizz will actually probably the funny part is Cat Grizz will be the game that puts us to either eight wins or <laughs> or seven <laughs> wins. So there'll be a lot riding on that game, which I could also hedge and I could actually bet big on the the Grizz to win and, and you know come out of it okay. So financially I'm doing okay, but just the psyche hit that it takes when you make a bet and you're that confident in it, um, yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Yeah, it sucks losing either game on the side on. Uh, it sucks losing the games on either side of a bye week because that bye week yeah. now just feels like a loss. And I can't remember the, what a winning uh, a cat's win feels like. Yeah. Um, moving. So on. yeah, that was that. That, that was a that was a fun segment. Really uplifting. Yeah. Well, I had fun. Um, let's talk briefly about the Grizz. I I don't want to talk too much about them because uh, this <laughs> game it was it was a well, ton of fun. Well, you a don't want to talk too much about it because the Grizz fan podcast did an 18-hour pod on it. Well, this game lasted two hours and 57 minutes. The Grizz fan pod, in recapping it, went two hours and 58 minutes. Wow. Um, 
and it, it it's a great podcast. Uh, I mean, those guys are doing a great job and I listen to it eagerly every week. Uh, but this week was super long. They went over every angle here. Um, so just my two quick thoughts, you know, not only did the Grizz take care of business. Now, granted, Eastern Washington is not who we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. We Three thought Eastern five, Washington two two was in conference. <laughs> yeah, we thought Eastern was right. Either number we thought one they were going to be two. the top number one or two. Yeah, that and that was consensus among everybody we talked to. They uh, they've not had the season that they wanted, but uh, the Grizz not only beat them. Uh, by a significant margin, 17 points. It's a nice, solid victory. They did it without their starting quarterback. Um, and they did it like this was a must-win game for Eastern Washington. And if I remember correctly, I might be wrong on this. I think Eastern Washington was coming off a bye. Let me look this up. I believe they were. Yeah, they were coming off a bye. So everything... Oh, the stars were aligning for Eastern Washington, right? Their losses going into this game at Washington. Okay, of course you're going to lose at Washington. That's the number, you know, whatever school in the country. A very close loss at Jacksonville State. It was like, all right, Jacksonville State, they had to travel all the way to Alabama. Um, they barely lost. They were winning most of the game. Then they had this insane loss to Idaho. Funniest game of the year. But you could kind of, like, write that off as, like, well – you know, this was Idaho's Super Bowl. Like they were gearing up for this. Paul Petrino wanted to win this game more than anything. Um, and then uh, they lost at Sac State, who after they beat the turns Cats, out to be a and after they beat the Grizz, it was like holy shit, Sac State's good. So yeah, all those there wasn't really. I mean, Idaho's a bad loss, but it was there was an you could find an excuse for that loss. It's like maybe Eastern Washington is really good still, but the Grizz got their shit together, dominated, um, just dominated the game. And they, what I love about this team. They dominated uh, they the second half. Dominated the second half, which is part of the game. So they dominated the game. Dominated um, part of the game. Dominated, dominated the game when you look at it in big picture. When you look at it in the they, second half, they definitely dominated the game. They, uh, they keep winning in different ways. And it's what I love about this team. It's what makes this team so much fun. This week they dominated with a rushing game, 250 yards on the ground. Marcus Knight with an other unbelievable game, three touchdowns, 131 yards uh, rushing, another 65 uh, uh, in, in receiving the ball. But their defense just played out of their minds too. It is exact. So they won it with rushing and defense. They've won games with uh, passing to their big three. They've won games with their their tight end. They've won games purely on kind of the defense, special teams end of the ball. This is a, this is a big win. Now this may not be a a signature win, just where Eastern Washington is kind of falling yeah, this year. I mean, but this is if you are a legit top ten team, you have to win this game at home, and they did, and they did. Yeah, if you're a top ten team, you should be able to beat a three and five team, a three and four team going into that game. That's definitely uh, true. Uh, yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't be losing the team with losing records. Uh, they played yeah. a good second half. They scored twenty four unanswered points uh, from seven eighteen on, left in the third quarter to the end of the game. So they definitely dominated that second half. And if you look at it, really, they dominated the second half of the third quarter and then the full fourth quarter. So it wasn't even the full second half because 
because Eastern Washington scored a field goal first, uh, four twenty three into the second half. So, I mean, they're a second half team. There, there's been so many times this year that I've looked, uh, you know, been watching the Cats game, and I look at the uh, ESPN app and see that the Grizz are losing at halftime, and I'm pretty jacked. I'm like, all right, all right. So this will help. Uh, this will help, and then just do what they did against Eastern Washington, where they run off twenty four straight points, and the game looks way. I mean, they doubled them up, and they were down at one point fourteen to three, and they they ended up doubling up Eastern Washington. So uh, impressive win in that sense. Just it's more impressive with their second halves and everything like that. You're right; it's not a signature win, but anytime you can beat Eastern Washington, it's going to look really good, especially to the voters uh, and the playoff committee who maybe aren't following Eastern as closely and seeing that they're having a little bit of a down year. It's still a good yeah. win against a against a. Um, an FCS power, you can you can call Eastern Washington an FCS power for sure. They are having a down totally, year. For the but, past 10 years, absolutely. Yeah, so you could definitely call them that. It's a, it's a great win at home. Uh, the running game had to get going. You know, you have Humphreys um, – or sorry, just Humphrey, just a singular Humphrey uh, at quarterback. Uh, you needed some help from your running back, and Marcus Knight's the guy who's doing it. I wish they still had Adam Eastwood back there uh, selfishly. Uh, but it doesn't look like we're going to get an Adam uh, Eastwood <laughs> – Adam Eaton – Adam Eastwood uh, – Rush this year in Cat Grizz. Marcus Knight looks like he he's he's playing pretty well. So, yeah, it's a great win for the Grizz. Um, you know, going into this year when we looked at it, you know, going into this year when we looked at it, we were always thinking the Davis game was going to be a loss for the Grizz and Eastern Washington was going to be a loss for the Grizz. And they took care of business in both of them, and they're proving a lot of people wrong uh, on what they saw the Grizz looking like at the beginning of the year. And you can't I – mean, they don't make their own schedule. They don't They don't – you know, make UC Davis and Eastern Washington have down years. So they're taking care of business and they're doing it in the second half. And it's, uh, it's impressive. And I wish our offense was playing like their offense was right now. Yeah, no, I bet you you do. I do. Um, Yeah. And it's, uh, so, but again, check out the Grizz fan pod. It's in this podcast. They'll go way more in depth and be way more biased than we were there. Yes. They will go player by player. They will fan boy your face off moment by moment, yard by yard. Uh, it's gru- it's grueling. Minutes. It's grueling. It's awesome. It is. I wish that all of my favorite teams had as in-depth and quality podcasts after each of their games. It's exactly what I wanted to understand. <laughs> only after only after wins, though. After losses, I kind of skip through. The nice uh, part is it is you know it's once a week. So if you are commuting or doing anything like that, you can get through it in a week. If there was like a two time or three time a week podcast, one they would have you know no life, but two, you would never be able to get yeah. through all of their material. So I can't yeah. imagine they're going to continue this on through the, uh, the basketball season. Every, well, um, you never know. Every single one of their episodes has gotten longer. <laughs> this insane. one was the first time it was ever longer than the game that they were actually covering. Um, Which is actually surprising. Yeah. Let's go through the rest of the games. Uh, Cause we get, we got to watch this world series game sevens tonight. It's about first pitch is about to happen. So we're, we're rushing through. Um, all right, we can skip. I have zero, I have zero to contribute on Southern Utah. Well, dominating Idaho State 59, 34, other than saying I called Idaho state out, um, a couple weeks ago as being potential frauds. Everyone was just a little too high on them. Uh, and they just got, they just got beat by Southern Utah in a not close game. 59, 34. My favorite part about this game is that there was, um, 42 points scored in the first quarter combined. (laughs) 
There was touchdowns at the uh, at the eleven fifty six mark left, the ten forty one, nine fifty seven, eight thirty eight, three thirty two, and then with fifty seconds left in the in the quarter. Yeah, that makes no sense. Insane. There was, there was thirty eight hundred people in the crowd to watch this. Um, uh, and the, here's the one. Here's the one sad part. So on the Big Sky Big Takes podcast, we found Andrew Howden, who's a uh, a beat reporter for the Bengals does a fantastic job. It's hard to kind of like bring him on now that we're running out of Idaho state storylines that are interesting. Like they're clearly out of the playoff hunt. Um, we also found a beat reporter just recently for Southern Utah. What could we possibly bring him on to discuss at this point? We'll probably still try to bring him on. I'd love to like have as many teams as well, possible. Hopefully there's nothing to discuss there. after next week or two weekends. Wait, next weekend. Next week. This weekend. This, this coming weekend, weekend, hopefully there's nothing to talk about Southern Utah again the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, if he's on next week, you know. <laughs> you know it was a bad weekend for the Cats. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think just the, the the amount of points in that game, 93 points, is, is really all you need to talk about on this game. But, wow. Yeah. yeah, so, hold on. Let me look up one thing. Southern Utah scored 59 points that game. Um. They had not scored. Well, they won. They beat we Stephen F. Austin with forty-five points, but otherwise they had not scored over. It looks like twenty-five points the rest of the season. Put fifty-nine points up at home in front of three thousand fans against Idaho State. Yeah, um, it's about all in that game we need to talk about. Yep. All right. So that's it. The next game. Uh, this is a weird one. Okay. We are going to we're going to spend a couple seconds here. Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks at home beat Portland State 5 and 4 overall, 3 and 2 in conference, Portland State. The Lumberjacks beat them at home on a last second field goal. Uh so that's like that's a no that's a game they should win. It's a notable notable win. What's notable about this? Northern Arizona skyrocketed in the Big Sky Podcast Network power rankings, all the way up to tied for fourth with the Bobcats. We still don't know how. Like nobody will admit that they put Northern Arizona that high up in the in the. No, I think I had them probably like seven or yeah. eight. Like I, 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 so weird. I don't, I don't know what, what happened. I mean, it is a, it's been a wacky. Uh, after the top three, um. Actually, I mean, I think there's a clear top four, including the Bobcats. But below them, things are just kind of a mess. So I don't know if the stars just aligned correctly. I don't know if, like, Eastern Washington voters were super down on uh, the Eagles, so they wanted to punish them and put them lower than they should be. But Northern Arizona, are they really the fourth or fifth best team in the Big Sky Conference? Not even close. Not even close. When you play Portland State to two points at home like this, you're not even close. <laughs> they looked like a they, in the first quarter or the first half of that NAU Cats game, they looked like they're a pretty good a pretty good team in the in the conference. If they would have kept that going through the whole game, I would have maybe put them up there. But no, they have a great offense, but their defense is garbage. Um, Case Cookus is obviously very very good at what he does, but Northern Arizona yeah. is not a top four team by any means. Portland State, while their record shows five and four, I think they beat like two lower division teams they're nothing so for northern arizona to struggle this much against portland state beat them on a last second field goal at home 
uh, doesn't give me much confidence in Northern Arizona, so I don't see how they skyrocketed. It had to be somebody just rage voting uh, in the Big Sky Podcast Network's um, power poll. So Northern Arizona still could get to seven FCS wins, which it, I feel like the numbers we've all kind of circled are eight is a guaranteed playoff spot, eight FCS wins a guaranteed playoff spot, seven gets you in, potentially in the conversation. So they have win- one of their four wins was against Western New Mexico, who I believe is NAIA, so that doesn't count. Correct. They have wins at Missouri State or against Missouri State. That was State. home, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, at home for Northern Colorado, at home for Portland State. So not not a great resume, but their remaining schedule at Eastern Washington. This is a winnable game for them. Okay, For sure. They can win that they game for sure. They close the year at Southern Utah and at home for Idaho. Those should be wins. The game on November 9th, hosting Sacramento State. That could, Ooh. I mean, that, that if they win somehow, all their games and then beat Sac State, they're in the playoffs. Yeah. If they have seven, because their losses are against decent teams. Weaver State, Montana State, Ellen. Well, is Illinois State good? I have no idea. No idea. Um, I assume they are. And then against FBS Arizona. So uh, this is a Illinois weird. State is number seven in the country right now. I don't pay attention to anything outside the Big Sky Conference, and I don't pretend to. Their only loss, their only losses to North Dakota State. I know James Madison's good. Um, yeah, Illinois State, good. Uh, so, so those aren't bad loss. losses, but they also don't have great wins right now. This is somehow the Sac State's going to be their signature win. We're entering November, and we don't really know that much about this team. The only thing, I mean, they got uh, steamrolled by Weber State, fifty-one twenty-eight. Yeah, but everybody is. So, Speaking so let's of see State. what they do against Eastern. If they can go up to Cheney, win this game, uh, then maybe November 9th I'm checking in uh, and watching some of that Sac State game. Um, okay, the other two Speaking games, of Weber State. Speaking of Weber State. <laughs> now, this game, Weber State goes to Davis and knocks them off 36-20. to 20. Yeah. People were thinking that this was going to be – UC Davis was actually favored in this game by two points. I thought it was the most asinine thing in the world that people thought that Weber State was going to go to Davis and lose that game. I think uh, Montana Parlay had Davis winning this. Didn't you, Bear Tycoon, have Davis winning this game? Uh, I believe you did. I might have. You I did. Yeah. Insane. Weber State is the real deal. 6-2, 4-0 in conference. Their two losses against uh, San Diego State and Nevada, which they could have won both those games. Yeah, Weber State is the real deal. They're number three in the country, I believe, right now. They just yeah, knocked number three UC. highest they've ever been ranked. Yeah, and they just knocked UC Davis out of the top twenty-five. Did you ever think that UC Davis would be out of the top twenty-five this year? No, I like, mean when we went into the season, you would have thought they were a national championship contender. National championship contender, and I still believe that they are a really like I, I think the bones of that program are solid. Right. Like this is I I still believe that what they did last year is in line with where Dan Hawkins is taking the program in the future. I I will never sleep on UC Davis as a program uh, compared to like, say, like I'm still Southern Colorado, Idaho State, uh, Southern Utah. One of these schools that's perennially bad. Like it wasn't a fluke last year. Um, And this year. 
had a super tough schedule and it hasn't worked out for him. You know, they still might be UC Davis might be the fourth or fourth or fifth best team in the big sky talent wise. And if you randomize the schedules a hundred times, they may end up in the top, like three or four, the majority of the time this year, they've had a lot of tough games and they've lost all of them. See the thing, I still think that we're giving them way too much credit for how close they played North Dakota state and how decent they looked against California. I guess, you know, they lost by 14 against California, but I just don't see like they beat Southern Utah by eight. They got killed by Montana. They barely should have lost to San Diego. Like I'm not as high on this UC Davis team as you are. I don't think that they are. I mean, they're obviously not anywhere near the team they were last year, but I don't know if that program is sustainable. If that was, you know, kind of, I, I will, I will concede that they are not like the Portland state of whatever that was four or five years ago where they came out of nowhere and probably not the Southern Utah that made the playoffs a few years ago. They're probably better than that, but I, I just don't see, like I'm not going to be super high on Davis next year and thinking they could be a four top four or five team because their, their body of work just doesn't show it this year. And we're giving them credit for being competitive against North Dakota state, which there is credit to be given there, but not for, it's not like a, a season making moral victory. I just don't, I'm not no, as high on I mean, Davis. They have, they have five losses. Three of those losses are against teams currently in the top 10. The fourth loss is against an FBS team, right? Like the only yeah. bad loss to say, and bad loss like is on a road game to North Dakota. Like none of these, none of these losses jump out and be like, Ooh, that's North Dakota. That's does. bad. That's I mean, bad. North Dakota is not a bad squad. They're not like this no, bottom feeding squad. No, they're they're a perfectly average team. Um, but that San Diego they, one just keeps standing out to me. They almost lost to a non scholarship school in their yeah. first FCS game. San Diego probably in the playoffs. Well, they have to. They're in the Pioneer League. Nobody else is going to make yeah. the playoffs out of that damn. They're five league. and two, first in the Pioneer League. Oh, man. Of course they are. Uh, the so, Cats will probably get them in the first round. But all yeah. I'm saying is, UC Davis. Uh, I don't think this is like. This is not how the season. Uh, was supposed to go for them. And this is not a successful season for them by any stretch. And I think they're out of the playoffs, right? Like, Oh yeah, they're out. They can get, I guess they can still get to seven. They can still get they have to, to play Sac state, wins. Montana state. I don't know the other two, uh, Portland state. Um, so th- they only have three games left, but they can get there. It's a very, very difficult road road for doing. So they have a bye week this week. Um, I, don't know. I suppose if they won out between those three teams, they probably would have a chance to make the playoffs. It's kind of control your own destiny when you're playing, you know, uh, Montana State and uh, Sac State. Yeah, but they have not. They have not really. Well, we'll see. We um, will see. That's the beauty we'll of see. it. We will see. Yeah, they, we so. can't. We can't. I think we can dun chain uh, Eastern Washington. I don't think we can do that for UC Davis. Okay. I, I'll agree with that. I, I wouldn't put it on okay. them because anything can Last happen. Game, speak, speaking of another Northern California team. Yeah. Everybody's sweetheart. Two seconds about this game. Who cares? You know what? I do want to talk about it because someone last week said that this was a trap game and he was calling Cal Poly for the win. And that person well, was you, Bear listen, Tycoon. If that you person to the recording, was you. If you listen to the recording, I clearly said that Sacramento State was going to win this game significantly. Well, the thing the about it was online. that when I, when I, a.k.a. producer Jerry, edited this, I didn't take those out. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I did hear your first statement that you thought that 
Cal Poly was going to win this game, that you thought this was a trap game for the Hornets, which it obviously was not. You did you did try to hedge your bets by going both ways, and I did not listen and take one of those out. Um, and I don't yeah. know really what the strategy was there anyway because the game would have been played after everybody had already listened to the podcast anyway. Well, the strategy... Uh, Ill-designed strategy. The strategy was I, I, I did that hilarious first take where oh, I was joking yeah. about Cal Poly winning it being a track game and then and then recorded my real take, right? The practice one to get my vocal cords warmed up. Cal Poly, the real one, obviously, Sac State winning obviously, big, which yeah. is what happened. Undefeated so the, on the year. You're the guy that believes more in UC Davis right now than Sac State to beat Cal Poly. <laughs> I don't know where your head's at. Sac State just came out and dominated, you know, 17-0 in the first half. It was never even a game. Cal Poly never, obviously never got it going. It was 24 to nothing in the third quarter. Uh, so Sac State just took care of business. They're the real deal still. Uh, it's, I don't know what else to say. I think they're the best. I mean, I think I, in my power rankings, do have Weber State over Sacramento State right now. Uh, I know there's some people in the podcast network that disagree with me with that. But at that point, you're probably splitting hairs. They're two really, really good teams. Uh, Sac yeah. State has an amazing offense and just but, playing good defense. And Weber State has an amazing defense and can also put up points. It's just they're two really good teams at the top. Guess what, Nate? What? we Next week, we don't have to split hairs. We don't anymore. Because thank God these two teams are playing each other on yeah. Saturday. Wouldn't you hate with this bullshit um, – rotating schedule or in unbalanced, imbalanced, whatever balanced schedule that we have where nobody gets to play. Not everybody gets to play everybody every year that we do get the top two teams playing this year. Yeah, it's great. This I'm is so awesome. This is the conference championship game. Yeah, this is what it could be because Sac state. Yeah, it should be this way all the time. Cause after Weber state, so Sac state, they play Weber state this weekend and then they go uh, at Northern Arizona at Idaho and two very winnable games. And then the causeway classic with UC Davis, I, this is basically the conference championship game if, in, in my mind. And we'll get to it in a sec when we look at um, the games coming up this week. But, man, uh, Sac State just keeps taking care of business. And they did it again down in, in, on the Central Coast, beating Cal Poly. And this game coming up this week is going to be fantastic. Yeah. No, I will definitely be watching that one. That's the game of the week. Should we should we toss it a parlay and then yeah. uh, so we preview are, these games? Yeah, yeah. So we are going to go to Montana Parlay with Parlay's picks for this week. Make some minties. So here he is. Once again, let the trumpets play. It's Montana Parlay. Ooh, that rhymed. Nice work. Thanks. Welcome to another week of Parlay's Picks. I'm Montana Parlay. Last week, we had a slight win as my Homer Parlay bet came nowhere near covering. But the over in the UC Davis-Weber State game did hit, so we made a little bit of money. Now, as I watch the World Series Game 7, I want to bring something important up. Guy Code clearly states that every time you go to Vegas, you must ask your buddies who gamble what bets they want to place. Now, if your friend asks you to place a futures bet and you don't, that's a mortal sin. There might be more details later on this in a live pod. On to the picks. Let's go around the big sky here because there are some big lines with teams where I'm not sure where their motivation lies, okay? 
Eastern Washington should blow out NAU, but Eastern season is done playoff-wise, and NAU still has a shot. Who knows what happens there? That line's at 13. The over-under is a mighty, mighty 82. Wow. All right. MSU is home for Southern Utah. MSU should cover, but they are dealing with some injuries. Idaho State is home against Northern Colorado. Idaho State should win by 30, but UNC has some good players, and Idaho State's season is over playoff-wise as well. That line's sitting at 16. Idaho minus 9 at home versus Cal Poly. I like it, but... Idaho has not gotten up to play teams that aren't their rival. I don't know what to do with that one. So, let's look at the last two remaining. Montana travels to Portland State, where they face the team that beat them at Grizz Homecoming. I love the Grizz to win this one. Do they cover? I don't know. I'm implementing a little teaser here. Taking six points off this spread to make it go down to two and a half. And teasing it with the darlings of the big sky, my favorite team other than the Cats, maybe more than the Cats now, by the way, Sac State. Move that from minus 7 to minus 1. Let's put 25 minties on it. That's a win. Before I go here, Sac State, favored by 7 points. The Mint Power Pole voters have... Weber State is number one after Sac State was number one last week. It's ridiculous. I challenged all the voters who voted Weber State number one to a bet. I offered them three or four points and only one took it. Come on, boys. Put your money where your votes are. Let's go. All right. That'll be it for this week. Good luck to all you gamblers out there. All right, so thank you to Montana Parlay for this week's Parlay Picks. Find you a bookie, go on five dimes wherever you do your betting, and make sure you win some minties with his expert analysis. We'll say it once again. He's the best at what he does in Montana. Yeah. Don't listen to any of the imitator accounts. Just go to Mon- Just find him at Montana Parlay on Twitter. And uh, he doesn't really stick to sports all the times, but uh, he'll get some pretty good gambling advice. The first and the best. The first and the best. So let's take a look. Uh, we're going to roll through here so we can get to the World Series. Saturday, November 2nd, the upcoming weekend of Big Sky Slate Games. It is week 10. We're going to save the two Montana teams for last. We're going to start out with the first game on the docket. Northern Arizona at Eastern Washington. Like we talked about, this is a must win for Northern Arizona, and it means absolutely nothing for Eastern Washington. Yeah, it's hard to see why, like, you know, granted, it's going to be a home game, so all 8,000 people that show up to Eastern Washington games will be there, but it's kind of hard. Maybe there's more Maybe there's more that go to those games now that Wazoo sucks this year, too. Maybe. I mean, uh, I do think that we can, we've, we've told Eastern Washington they're done, right? Oh, they're done, they're, done. They're done, done. Though I, they might still be able to get to seven wins. Um, I don't think they, they're out, but they, they're they stink. They've had some, some bad losses. Um, God damn it. 
they still could get to. They could actually they get, could to get to seven, seven but points. they're not going. I mean, they could get to seven, right, but they're so still actually, not going. So actually, this is this is uh, 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 Bill Simmons' loser leaves home. We can officially Dunchain the loser of this game between Northern Arizona, Eastern Washington. I don't have a feel for this either way. Like it, it seems like Eastern Washington should win just based I think on Eastern that Washington's going to win this game. Have we seen the lines? I don't I'm think I'm predicting Eastern. I don't think we don't have the lines yet. Yeah. But I'm predicting Eastern Washington wins this game. Yeah. Okay. But I, I don't think they make the playoffs, and I think Northern Arizona would have that chance if they can get through the gauntlet of their schedule to close the season out. So uh, I think I think Eastern Washington's done, and I'm saying Northern Arizona must win. So we want to maximize the Grizz and the Bobcats' chances. We should want Northern Arizona to win because they probably have other losses coming up in their schedule. Yeah. Okay. I'm going. I'm going for Northern Arizona, and I think they're. Uh, I don't think they're going to win, but I, I am going to pull. For yeah, them. and we like Case Cookies. Okay. I'm yeah. on. All right. I'm on board. Next game, the one that literally nobody cares about: Northern Colorado at Idaho State. The only thing this one is good for is Bobcats coaches getting tape on Northern Colorado, where we play in two weeks. Yeah. Both these teams are way, way done, done. The Idaho State just let said that Utah scored 59 points on them. Who knows what Northern Colorado's high-powered offense can do uh, in the Dome in Pocatello. But, I mean, what else do you want to say about this game? Nothing. Um, I saw Coach Fennessy had some some thoughts on the NCAA announcing that players may eventually be able to uh, profit on their own likeness, wondering how it's going to translate down to the FCS level. I don't know how it's going to translate down to the FCS level, but I do know it probably won't be beneficial to players of Idaho State and Northern Colorado. Yeah, like they're going to get a um, commercial with like the local car dealership, like Pete's <laughs> yeah. Auto or something like that. So they're probably going to make $500 for one appearance on an, uh, a commercial. So that's probably how it's going to affect the FCS. Yeah, that seems right. If you were a if you were a player, so I'll, I'll take it from Bozeman, but and you take it from Missoula. If you were a player in Missoula and someone's like, "Hey, we'd like to use your likeness," what would be your dream commercial or dream business to work with in Missoula to maximize your your money? Oh, to maximize. Well, my dream would be obviously cover of a a video game. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about if you were in Missoula, you're going to University of Montana on a full, uh, on a football scholarship. Hmm, that's a great I, I think it would probably be uh I don't know who would be able to pay the most, but in terms of like what I'd be most proud uh to represent, it would be either the Mo Club on the condition that as yeah. part of my payment I just always had a permanent stool uh that I could okay. come sit at and free food for a period of time that extended beyond my playing years, your collegiate career. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, probably like a food delivery service. And then the, the commercials would just be me like delivering food <laughs> to people. But again, I would be paid on uh, free food free beyond my food. collegiate career. That's pretty cool. Yeah, idea, just yeah. to put on so much weight after I got done playing football. Okay. Not a bad. What about you? Not a bad one. Uh, I think uh, you just—it's cliche, but you know, if you were just like that spokes, that player spokesperson for the Rocking R Bar, yeah, uh, it's just kind of that iconic downtown bar that supports Bobcats athletics so well. Um, either they're like the the canary, okay, 
that's a joke. It's an inside joke that literally nobody's going to get. The cannery, which is downtown. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend who called it the cannery for his damn near his whole college career and didn't find out it was called the cannery uh, until we were like seniors. Yeah, it's a sick joke. But if I was, yeah, I told it and I was, well, to tell you the truth, I get the cannery and the canary mixed up in my head because he called it the canary so many times. <laughs> so I actually tried to call it by the right name and then I called it the canary just kind of subconsciously. So that's why I had to explain that whole joke and everybody turned the podcast off. Uh, if it was going back to when I was actually at Montana State, uh, this place has since closed, but it would have been KO's Club. Uh, I would have really liked to have been their spokesperson because uh, they had these horrible, horrible commercials when we were back in school with the owner of KO Club um, with like these big girls. And he'd, he'd go like, one booty, two booty, three booties. And then it was like him on a dance floor. It was so weird. If you know somebody that went to Montana State between like 03 and 08, ask them about KO Club. Uh, commercials, but yeah, back in my day, that's where I would have wanted to go to. It's Chaos Club, this dingy ass club on the very uh, what would that be south side of uh, when you come off the interstate think, coming into town. Think about those are both good options. Think about the advantage Montana and Montana State would have if players could benefit off their own likeness. No one is paying players at Eastern Washington, right? The boosters are not paying them. There is no. No one in Spokane that wants Eastern Washington players when they can get someone from uh, uh, Washington State. There is uh, true uh, Montana and the uh, the Dakotas. We would clean up on this. This is not yeah. only is it the right thing to do; these players should be able to profit off their. But it's going to be the entertaining thing. To but do. it would be we would just have such an advantage because every company in Montana would want to sponsor these guys. For sure. Imagine if we had Dalton Sneed and Troy Anderson as co-spokesmen for the Montana Men's Sports Podcast. Amazing. The the amount of exposure we would get. Yeah. Damn it. And we'd force them to do content. Yes. Someday. Create content. Um, yeah. So we just talked about uh, Idaho State, you know? Yeah. But they're not even our favorite Idaho school. No. Not even close. You know who is? Who? The Idaho Vandals. Yeah, we love them. Coach Paul Petrino, quarterback Mason Petrino. <laughs> they were on a bye week last week, which robbed us of our Idaho segment earlier in this podcast. It robbed us of the unintentional comedy of Idaho's season. It robbed us of watching them on Pluto or on the ESPN game tracker because we want to see what kind of hijinks Idaho is getting into. They're back this week. They're at home, and they're hosting Cal Poly. Yeah. If we're going off – how Idaho's season is gone. This is a guaranteed loss. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the line is on this game, hammer Cal Poly because Petrino is coming into this game. He's looking <laughs> at the record. He's seeing who he's playing. This game is already an L for Idaho. I disagree with you on basically every point, but on this point, you are a hundred percent right. There is zero percent chance Idaho is gonna win this game. There's a zero percent. And you know, like they over the bye week, everyone kind of talks themselves up on the bye week. Like, oh, Cal Poly's not that good. Like, we've got two weeks to prepare for them. Uh, things could be moving in the right direction. They are just gonna get absolutely. Uh, here's a prediction. I bet you they're down by more than three score. I bet you they're down thirty-four to ten at halftime. I, yeah, I think that's a great prediction. I think they're it's, just going to get absolutely dick-nailed. <laughs> I do it too. Um, write it down now, dick-nailing. Because uh, <laughs> this is just a classic Paul Petrino L. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I love it so much. Uh, thank you, Idaho, for playing this week because last week we lost a little bit of our amusement. Yeah. So. I'm fine with Idaho staying in the Big Sky Conference on the condition that they're not oh, allowed to have uh, bye weeks anymore, unless it's week one or the yeah. last week of the season. And Paul Petrino has to be the coach. Mason Petrino has to get like a <laughs> bunch of different like waivers to keep playing. Yeah. Oh, do you know what even be the better? only ways? Nope. What'll be even better is Mason Petrino is going to be the new offensive coordinator whenever he's. Ooh. Can you can you imagine? Just continue. Just continue the nepotism. Oh, I can't wait. I can't. It's going to be pretty awesome. But yeah, um, no reason to watch this game beyond halftime when they're just getting smoked. Yeah, it's going to be fun as hell though. Um, the last game besides the Montana schools game of the week. Oh, the the conference chipper. Really, I mean, really the game of the from a like I'll obviously watch Montana, both Montana games because luckily the times worked out where we can watch all three of these games in their entirety, mm-hmm. but. If all three were happening at the same time, I'd watch the Grizz first. I would watch this before the Bobcat game. I'd imagine you would do the same with the Bobcats. Over oh, for sure. Yeah, this is game of the year. Yeah, this is something that we never even thought would be worth watching. Uh, you know, when you were looking at the schedule at the beginning, you're going with your over-unders, all that kind of good stuff. You never would have thought this game was even going to matter. Yeah. And here we are. And, I mean, Weber, we thought, would be a team that was going to be contending. But uh, nobody in their right minds would have thought Sacramento State, nobody in their right minds that's telling you the truth, would have thought Sacramento State would be in this kind of position. And it's going to be really interesting to see if they seize this moment. And I think we already know that they are for real. So this isn't a game like, oh, now we'll get to tell if, if, if Sac State is for real. No, they're for real. They're for real. But now this is, this is just going to be fun to watch to see how real they are. And or you know how real Weber State is because whoever wins this game is going to be a great win. Nobody's coming into this game as a pretender. Yep. The one fun thing about this, uh, I looked at the ESPN site to see uh, tickets to this game at Hornet Stadium in Sacramento. Okay. Right now, tickets are as low as zero dollars. Let's get out there. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So you can go to like Vivid Seats, put in two tickets, and basically get in for free. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, neither of these teams have tremendous fan bases. They're not. They're probably right in the middle in terms of the Big Sky Conference. Uh, I just think, you know, it, from a talent perspective, they're obviously the two. This this is clearly the number one, number two teams in the conference, right? Yes, easily. Um, I no I doubt. suspect that Weber State is going to win this game. Well, you're not a Sac State believer. Look what you did last week to them. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I don't know what I mean. What if you had to? What would you guess? Like the line is in this game. It's at Sac State. Are they favored here? I mean, Weber State is the number three school in the country. Sac State is Sac State is favored by seven points. They're favored by seven on five points. dimes. They opened up as a five point favorite on five dimes, which I thought was crazy because I, if I was betting on this game, I'm going to take Weber State plus seven. Weber State does not have a bad. Here's the problem with Weber State: is they don't have a bad game on their schedule, but they have played a pretty, pretty bad schedule so their wins they lost two fbs games kept both them within six points 
uh, but their wins, Cal Poly, uh, Northern Iowa, Idaho, Southern Utah, Northern Arizona, and then UC Davis last week. There's not really a signature win on there, right? Like UC Davis is the best win. And we're just talking their talent wise, like fourth or fifth in the conference Uh, where Sacramento state has the three consecutive wins against top 25 teams in Eastern Montana state, Montana blew out Montana. Um, And then obviously wins against Northern Colorado and Cal Poly, which, which don't really factor into much, but uh, you know, Weber to me, I think they're the better team. I would hammer Weaver plus seven uh, in this oh, game, yeah. but this would be just a, a validator type win if they could knock off Sacramento state. And if they beat Sacramento sure. state, when they take on the Grizz a couple weeks from now, uh, I'm going to be very, very scared of them where if they lose to Sacramento state, I'm just going to be scared of them. Just medium, medium scared, scared regular scared. Yeah. No, this game's going to be super fun to watch. We're going to keep uh, definitely keep an eye on this one cuz uh I mean it's just I'm re- I am really glad that you know it is kind of fun having Sacramento State be that other team at the top. You know, it's kind of some new blood uh, at the top of the big sky. So it's it's fun to have this game mean something where we thought it was probably a throwaway game. Just like we thought it was going to be a throwaway game against the Cats, like a throwaway game against the Grizz, easy yeah. wins. Um and uh you know, they, they have run a gauntlet that I don't think I've ever seen. I never don't think I've ever seen a schedule quite like Sacramento State's this year, and they've taken care of business every step of the way. And it's not over yet, even after this game. They still have UC Davis in a rivalry game where anything could happen. Sac State, if they can get through and win out, they are going to be a top three team in the country. They're going to be a top three seeded team, probably behind James Madison, North Dakota State. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting it's it's unbelievable that we're even saying this yeah. and uh this game is gonna be really fun to watch so we'll, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on this one yeah this is game of the week if you want to venture outside of the montana sports definitely check this out but we know you only really care about your These two montana two. schools <laughs> if your team's gonna win and if the other montana team's gonna lose so do you want do you want to start with the cats or do you want to start with the grizz well let's go so as we so that we don't show any bias we'll just go by uh the game times. Okay. Cats. So your noon start, your noon start in Bozeman, Southern Utah at Montana state, uh, should be a win for the Montana state Bobcats. But, uh, the way they've been playing the last few weeks, this is not, I mean, they're going to win. I think they're going to win. I have full confidence. They're going to win this game because of Southern Utah's lack of, of talent, but guarantee. still is this thing in the back here. Uh, yeah, I guarantee yeah. It. it. Honestly, but it makes me a little bit, it's, it, I mean, they <laughs> should, I mean, Montana state has had three, or two, three, I'm sorry, three straight bad games. Yes. And a bye week that was bad. Like, I'm calling that Cal Poly win a bad game. Yeah, that was... I've, so we haven't seen them really play that well. I have no swagger, really no confidence. I think this may be that game where they get back. You know, they had a ton of confidence in swagger against Norfolk State, Southeast Missouri State, and uh, uh, Western... I mean, Western Illinois was a little bit of a struggle, too. But uh, I think they get back to a team that is going to be at the bottom of the barrel of the FCS and can really hopefully get some confidence in this game, get some confidence going into Northern Colorado the next week, and then they get Davis. So I, I hope this is just a tune-up for the last two games of the season. Yeah, Montana State... Uh, shockingly is number 46 in all the FCS when it comes to total offense, but they are struggling big time in recent weeks. It's just been so frustrating to watch them try to move the ball, uh, mostly because they can't move the ball, but they're going against the team with a uh, pretty bad defense. Southern Utah 
ranked towards the bottom of the FCS in total defense. Most importantly, they're ranked 105 when it comes to rushing defense. That is a strength for the Bobcats if they can get the running game going uh, like they were able to earlier in the season. This seems like, here's the thing. You, the other, Parlay, the other Cat fans, and the Montana Mint Sports Slack, all very negative, all, all, you know, pouty for the past few weeks. And it's not fun when your teams lose, but these aren't really like terrible losses you've had. I think you guys are overreacting to the losses a bit. Well, you we are going to, you're going to win teams. big over Southern Utah. You're going to win big at UNC. And then you're going to be strutting around the offices like you are top dog again. So just remember where you're at right now, Nate, take, <laughs> Take a I, second, I remember, close me. your eyes, plug your ears, and just feel where you are right now. Uh, because I'd like you to remember it in a couple weeks when you're talking about how uh, UC Davis is going to be a statement game and Bobcats should be ranked in the top 10 and look at their number of FCS wins. And just remember this moment right now before these two well, really I'm definitely not games. high on this team. I'm definitely not high on this team. I'm not going to take these two teams as being what makes our season successful. It's all about the UC Davis game. It's all about the brawl. That's all I'm caring about. You get these through these games, games these you're seven and three overall. Seven FCS wins. Like that's a good season. Yeah, but I think it's the way that it's gone with it. I think it, that bye week being horribly timed after a shitty Cal Poly yeah. game. Or, I'm sorry, a shitty Cal Poly game going against a Sac State team where you thought it was going to be an easy, easy win at the beginning of the year, then a bye week, and then a, 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 the most boring, disappointing game ever with North Dakota. So, I don't know. I just want a couple wins, man. It's been almost a month. Yeah. That's all. Uh, just give me a win. Yeah. All right, so that's at noon. I have no thoughts on this yeah, other, than, three of, other than wait, so, the Southern Utah Montana State game. Yeah. If I were Jeff Choate and you know, he and I have a personal relationship had a great sit down. Yeah, he a met few him months in ago, yeah. had a great sit down. Uh, he has, he has me blocked on Twitter for making fun of his beer drinking habits. Um, Jeff Choate, if I were him, I would not put Troy Anderson in these next two games. Now I know I was advocating that that's your best chance to win the beginning of this podcast, which is true. Best chance to win against a competitive team. But I would, I would play him more in these next two games, but I would still try to get something out of Ballman or Rovig um, and see what you can do. Uh, and then just have Troy as your safety net, but be prepared to unleash full Troy starting in that UC <laughs> Davis game. Agreed. Agreed. So I think that's a great. So and, and I, I all of that yeah, is to say, don't show too much and, and keep them as as fresh as you. All can. of that's to say, if you guys like win by a touchdown or two over these teams and you're not feeling great about the margin of victory, but you did it with Brugman or Rovig, um, that's fine. Or Ballman, Ballman or Rovig, that's fine. <laughs> Brugman, yeah, don't bring that one. Up. <laughs> that one hurts too. <laughs> um. Okay, that's all I have for the cats. Okay, so yeah, the next game, the the last one we talk about is uh, 3.05 Montana time, Mountain Time start. Montana at Portland State. Uh, played at the high school Hillsboro Stadium outside of Portland. Uh, zero atmosphere, but you can buy beer at those games. So if there is a silver lining to this game being at the high school uh, stadium in Portland, it is that you can buy beer at those games. How do you know that? 
Uh, sources. Sources tell you. Pictures. Man, yeah. that's a good scoop. Breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news. You can buy beer at the uh, Portland State. Source game. the Montana Mint Sports uh, for yeah, anyone. Yeah, if you're going to use that, please, please source us. Source us. Uh, obviously, this is a, a revenge game for the Grizz. I think that when the schedules came out, uh, Coach Houck circled this as not only are we going to win this game, we are going to destroy this team. Those who remember last year, which I don't, um, but those who remember last year, the Grizz homecoming on a bit of a high Portland state came in to Missoula and beat them. They were dominating them for most part of the game. The Grizz came back and then they lost at the tail end of it. I was at a wedding with a bunch of other Grizz fans. The wedding wasn't purposely planned around this game, but just luckily happened to be like, Oh, this is great. It's a shitty Grizz game. We'll kind of like monitor on our phones. Um, but we don't need to pay attention yeah. to this. We encouraged everybody because I think the cats were on a bye week that week. We encouraged everybody to go like, go on a hike, go do stuff with your family, get out of town on Saturday. Yeah. You don't need to watch this game. And then of course, uh, the Grizz came in and yep. and blew it. <laughs> oh, actually, now that I'm talking, have did the Bobcats play Portland State this year? No, no. So they played them last year, though. So you, were, this is this is company business um, happening live on the pod. We have interviews with two Portland State players that will play after this. Tight end uh, Troy Talmapeo. and I forget who the defensive player is. We'll play it after this because we talk about. Uh, how they felt during that Grizz game and what it meant to them. Oh yeah, I'm glad we had a we had a handle on our inventory of in, uh, interviews. Yeah. So surprise, surprise interviews. Um, hey, let's just do it right now. Should we just shoot, send it to the interview right now? Yeah. Well, let's let's sign off. Let's close with the interview. Then we'll go Laney Lou and the Bird Dogs. Okay. Does that sound good? Do we have anything for watch party? Yeah. Uh, Alex Singleton didn't uh, he play but didn't record any stats in the Eagles win. Over the Chicago Smart, Bears. Smart, keeping himself healthy for the playoffs. So he is 1-1 one one as a professional, NFL professional football player. Because he was a professional football player in Canada. That's pro football. Yeah. So 1-1 one one in his NFL career. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good so far. Um, yeah. That's about it for my watches. Yeah. The only th- uh, Brock Osweiler, obviously, retired, not in the league. He retired, yeah. But uh, apparently, DeAndre Hopkins thanked him and Brandon Whedon for helping him get to uh, 8,000 yards receiving for his career. You literally, did you just, did you just uh, Google search Osweiler? And that was one of the news stories that came yeah, up. And it's, it sounds like he was making yeah. fun of them. Oh, so that's mean. Yeah. Screw you. We're now an anti DeAndre Hopkins pod. Obviously Fuck that guy. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get to what a way to end the show. Yeah. All right. Let's get to, we're going to go watch some world series. Um, yep. We're going to let Lenny Lou and the Bird Dogs play out after you listen to these interviews with our Portland State friends. Yes. All right. All right, everybody. We'll see you next, see you week. next week. And keep listening because there are interviews coming up. <laughs> listen to these interviews. <laughs> Goodbye.
We are here with Kenton Bartlett and Charlie Talmapeo of Portland State University. Guys, you're playing Montana State this, or I'm sorry, Montana this week. It's a home game for you all. We're recording this in July, so I'm not going to ask you too many specifics uh, about the game. But I do kind of want to get your sense on uh, playing a school, generally like playing a school like Montana. Obviously, in the Big Sky Conference, there's there's a team like UM that will get 25,000 people in their stands for most games. And then there's teams that get less fans uh, in their stadium. How do you kind of prepare week to week uh, like with the different atmospheres? Is there something you do during practice specifically to, to prepare for a, a loud atmosphere? And uh, Kenton, we'll start with you. I mean, defensively, not much, you know. We like playing in a big crowd, like going to Montana or Montana State. We love playing those type of atmospheres. Offensively, I don't know how y'all do, but, you know, defense, we love playing that type of noise, and especially when they all go silent, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, uh, and same thing on offense, how, are, how do you feel going into a loud crowd like that? Um, definitely the same for me personally. I've always liked playing on uh, – on the big stage, uh, something that, that Barnum has kind of done in the past. Uh, I don't remember any Big Sky teams, but I think when we played Oregon State and BYU when we were sophomores, uh, he would bring the speakers out and he would play loud music throughout the whole entire practice to kind of help simulate that noise, you know, and how, you know, we can function and the cadence for the quarterback, you know, so that'll be one way he'll try to get us ready for that type of atmosphere. Uh, so uh, last year, obviously, huge win against the Grizzlies. Uh, we run a newsletter, which I'm sure you don't subscribe to, but in it we told fans, it's like, this is a great weekend to like go camping, to do something out of town. Like, this is going to be a win for the Grizz. I was actually at a wedding with a bunch of Grizz fans and just saw the mood drop so fast. I think you guys came out 21 nothing. They kind of caught up, and then you ended up uh, winning. Uh, how does it feel to, like, crush a entire fan base's spirits for a weekend? Uh, Charlie, let's, let's start with you. Um, well, I was actually injured that game, so I was back home watching. But, I mean, I can just kind of feel my, my energies, uh, the energy of my teammates just through the TV, you know. And I knew it was loud and it was cold up there because the connection wasn't real good, you know. So, But, I mean, it just seemed like a fun experience. So, Man, it was a great feeling, you know. Everybody was bought in and everybody played together. It was a great feeling because that was the first time the whole year we all bought in together. And so all came together that one game. So. You know, we end up being Montana that day. And do you think so? A lot of the season's going to be played by the time this this interview airs. But looking like forward to the season, we're now in mid July. Do you think the Portland State team that's going to come out on the field is more representative of kind of that UM win, or is it going to? It's ended four and seven last year. Like where where do you like? Where's your confidence in terms of the buy-in that that you guys have and your confidence of going out this season? I mean, I think we're I think we're ready to go. Uh, I think we played, you know, Montana after the Montana game. We played Northern Colorado, and then we played Sac State. So those games, you know, we won, won won all those three games. And then the next two games, we played tough football. So I mean, we know it's there. We know we have talent in the room. We just got to go out and just compete. Um, I definitely think that Montana game was a kickstart, you know, especially like a top-tier program like them, and that was our first win in the season, and you can kind of see towards the end, we kind of just rode that momentum all the way out, you know, but I think it just kind of reminded us that we can play at a high level, you know, and, and I think we can just take that and move forward with it this season. Uh, 
Uh, last question I have for you. Uh, we don't know the outcome of these games, but I think we can kind of predict them. Um, you're out of conference schedule. It's one of the funniest out of conference schedules in all the Big Sky. You have two really tough FBS games on the road, obviously, at Boise State, at Arkansas, and then you play Eastern Oregon, uh, so home state or home state rival, and then a team called Simon Fraser. It's the only Canadian university in the NCAA. Uh, I, I've shown you the picture of their mascot. We'll throw this up on Twitter. It is a terrier wearing a kilt. He has a giant blonde mustache. Um, it, let, let's just get your sense on what it feels like to be to be playing a, a Canadian team. Or I, I should say, uh, easier question to answer, I suppose. Um, these two games, Simon Fraser, Eastern Oregon, they, I mean, they can, they're cupcake games for you guys. How do you as players like stay up and make sure that you're competing and you don't end up as one of these teams that kind of stumbles out of the block? Honestly, we got to use these games as building blocks, you know, got to build forward, you know, we can't take any game for granted, you know, because this team could even come out and beat us. So we got to, you know, take one game at a time and take this team seriously, even though, you know, weird looking mascot, but, you know, <laughs> we got to go out and take them seriously. Yeah, obviously based on the mascot, uh, Canadian teams kind of does things a little different. <laughs> uh, but I think, um, I mean, there's definitely going to be a huge gap, you know, in, in playing those two FBS teams and then coming down and playing those two teams. But I think if we can just stay level-headed and, you know, stay true to ourselves and our identity, you know, then, then we should be fine going into conference play. All right, fellas, well, thanks a lot, and uh, good luck this season.